Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is season nine, episode nine, entitled Continue to Evolve with Cassandra Smith. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues. And When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at When Hers United, which is why they are emphasized so we all can live a complete and fulfilled life both personally as well as professionally. If you love When Hers United, please invite someone you know to listen and tell your friend to tell a friend. Let's spread the knowledge, y'all. You know we believe in being empowered and empowering on. Now, without further ado, let's get into Season 9, Episode 9, entitled Continue to Evolve with Cassandra Smith. All right, we have another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur. So Cassandra, welcome. Glad to have you here. So before we get started, I'm going to tell you more about Cassandra. Cassandra Smith is the CEO of Blanks Galore. At Blanks Galore, Cassandra sells crafting products and helps crafters turn their passion into profit by teaching them how to create multiple streams of income through online and hands-on classes. Cassandra went from being homeless in 2019 to having a major breakthrough in her business in 2021. And in 2022, Cassandra's company hit million-dollar quarters and is continuing to grow. With the success she has gained in her business, Cassandra now has two warehouses and was able to retire her mother. Cassandra's story exudes started from the bottom. Now we're here. And I can't wait to hear the gems she has to drop for us today. Yeah, I love that breakdown. Listen, I love it too. I'm like, look, hashtag goals, hashtag goals. We gonna, we like to be ourselves, but you know, we yeah. gotta have some role models along the way to show us how to do this thing, right? Yeah. So we are glad to learn from you today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So let's talk business. So let's start off by you talking about how you ended up where you are today in business. Okay, so hi guys, my name is Cassandra Smith. I go by Cassandra, the coach, and I am the owner of Blanks Galore Academy, like Miss Nicole said, where we basically teach you guys how to turn your passion into a profit. Now, I started out making custom items back in 2017. I was just doing it for a hobby. Didn't really expect it to take off as it did, but it did. So 2017, I'm making shirts. 2019, I got into this craft called sublimation, where you basically take a special ink, special paper put it in a special printer and you add the design to the shirt. So I started doing that in 2019 and actually was able to quit my job. Well, I wasn't able to, but I did. <laughs> I was talking about that. So the business started taking off. The money started rolling in really good. But what people didn't tell me was that in the crafting industry, there are slow seasons, there are fast seasons. So slow season is basically like the times where it's not Christmas, it's not graduation, it's not you know, a holiday. So during those times that it's not like a busy season, you know, what do you do? That's something they don't teach us. So I didn't know that. And I was being fast and I quit my job during a good season of craft. And I did like a thousand dollars in a week. I quit my job. No notice. Just walked in. It was like, yo, I just hit a thousand. <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, because in my head, I'm thinking, if I can do a thousand dollars with my own business while working a nine to five, imagine what I can do if I spent most of my time at home working on my business. But it didn't go like that. I ended up quitting my job. Business slowed down tremendously. I ended up picking up another business, which is uh, Blanks Galore now. So 
the business that I had before Black Glory was called Casty Customs, where I was doing the custom items. But then after I quit my job, I got into Blanks Galore because I started selling blanks. And blanks is basically like a, a blank t-shirt, an all-white t-shirt before you add a design, or an all-white coffee mug before you add a design, or like a, you know, like you got in your background, an all-white canvas before you add the picture to it. So I started selling blanks, and that still wasn't really doing anything, but I kept going at it. So over time, I ended up getting evicted from the apartment I was staying in. And mind you, when I moved into the apartment, I turned that bedroom to my craft room. So I didn't even have a bed. Like I was literally sleeping on the floor. So I was already making sacrifices for this business before I even knew what it could do. So I'm in my bedroom. I'm, I got my heat press in there, like basically what I got now. I got my custom items in there and I'm in there sleeping on the floor, wake up and crafting. So it just always been my passion. So I ended up getting evicted from that apartment. And me and my son moved into a hotel. I got evicted in 2019 and we moved into the hotel to like, I'll say February, March of 2020. So we stayed there for a couple of months. I'm in the hotel, still waking up every morning crafting, still going to the U-Haul storage place, packing my blanks and packing my customs. So I didn't stop working just because, you know, I had a minor setback. I still was going at it. Like nothing ever happened. So while I'm selling blanks, I'm waking up doing customs, I'm jumping on live. And people on live are saying, well, how did you make that custom item? Or how did you do that? So now I'm showing people how I make custom t-shirts, coffee mugs, and tumblers. And then from just that, you know, overpour people wanting to learn, I started my paid course program, teaching people, you know, charging them a monthly fee, teaching people how to do what it is that I do. So over time, it grew from hundreds to thousands. So now I got like over 20,000 students enrolled in my paid program. But at that moment, I got the products I'm selling. I got the program. And with the money pouring in, I was able to leave the hotel room. I used that money to fix my credit because in 2020 of April, that's when I hit my first five-figure month. So I used that money, instantly fixed my credit. I didn't try to go out there and ball buy a yacht or nothing like that. <laughs> I used that money. was like, I got to fix my credit because obviously I can't get nowhere to stay because I got a eviction on my credit. So I need to pay it off. Paid it out. Was able to get a house, a three-store house. We moved all the products into the basement. Me and my son was packing at first, but then my mom, I realized how she was coming home because I let her come stay with me. She was coming home limping. They had her on the line as a machine operator, like no breaks. And my mom is in her 50s. So I was like, look, don't go back to work. When you go tell them it's your last day, you don't need to be there. So she was like, no, you know, I want to retire and I, I can't get them a notice. I'm like, no, <laughs> no notice. Go in there and quit and you're going to work full time. And that was in 2020. She quit. She haven't been back to work since. So she was helping me pack the orders. The business kept growing. So we had to move from the basement of the house to a warehouse in November 2021. So we got our first warehouse still pushing out the blanks. Still selling the classes. At this time, now we done started selling sublimation paper. So sublimation paper is that special paper I said that you need to even craft. So we started selling that. So now our first warehouse got the blanks in there. It has the paper that we're pushing out. And now we have the hands-on class in the front of the warehouse because people were still, you know, not being able to learn online as good as they wanted to. So they were like, well, do you have hands-on classes? So we turned that front warehouse into the hands-on so now business is booming. People are coming in and take hands on. We got products to sell. And then in 2021, September, we outgrew the first warehouse and got our second warehouse. And then the second warehouse is when we started pushing our sublimation ink. So now we're selling all of the products you need to make the craft. We're teaching the craft online and teaching the craft hands on. So we just like that one-stop shop, selling blanks, selling paper, selling ink. And making sure people are learning the craft online and hands-on. And ever since, I'll say, 2020, after April, we have been doing six-figure months since April of 2020. So multi-million dollar years. And after 2022, uh, we did do $1.3 million as of March. I haven't checked now because I try to check it every quarter so I don't get sidetracked. But we have hit our first $1.3 million for 2022 alone. So... Business is going good. <laughs> listen, listen. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What an inspiration. It was so many gems that I was pulling from what you were saying. I know I missed a few because it was just so many, but 
first, let's start off by talking about crafts, right? You are speaking to my heart as a fellow crafter. I love, love, love that you decided to turn crafting into a business. I think a lot of people think, well, let me speak for myself, right? Me personally, like I love crafts and I initially thought of doing a business in crafting. Then I'm like, nobody's going to buy that. You know, I'm not going to, how am I going to do all of this, right? So I love the fact that you did that, right? I love your mention of sacrifice, right? No sacrifice, no victory, right? And that you were able to make those sacrifices to be where you are today. I love your talk of, what you did was you didn't let minor setbacks stop you, right? Because a lot of times things happen, life happens. What are you going to do after it happens is what determines where you go, right? So I think that was amazing. I've heard this tip in business and you've shown that it's the truth several times over. It's They say, what are people asking you for or what do people want from you? Because Mm. that is then a business, a business model that you can create, right? Like they wanted you to, show them how to do the crafts, right? They wanted you to bring in-person classes in, right? And you've done those things because that's what the people wanted from you. And look how successful you have been. A lot of times I feel like we want to give people what we want them to have, you know, and don't take that time to listen to what people are asking you for to then make it easy for ourselves. Like, make it easy. Don't make it hard, right? Yes. And then priorities, 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 priorities. What you said, I ain't go out and ball. I didn't buy a yacht, right? Because I mean, listen, if I, you know, you ain't have a little bit of change, you get a little bit of change, you might be tempted to go get that new Louis yeah. bag, right? But is that going to help you with your business, right? So just making those smart decisions and, and it's timely, right? Like it's not saying you can't get that Louis bag, but get your business off the ground first and do what you got to do first. And then you can floss as much yes. as you want once things are running like a well or you machine, right? Yep. Oh my goodness, so many gems. I love that your business is also your passion. So talk to us about how you maintain your passion for what you do since now it's also work. So it started out as my passion, but then I'm not going to lie, it did turn into something that I didn't want to do. I would wake up every day and be like, oh my gosh, I got to do another t-shirt order. But that was only because I was not delegating. Like in business, everyone wants to do everything by ourselves. We don't want no help because we feel like if we pass it on to someone else, they're going to have step or they're not going to give it their all because it's not their baby. So that was my mentality for a long time. Just saying, you know what? I'm a one man fan. I'm going to do everything. Answer emails, pick, pack, ship, customer service. Okay? I'm going to do everything in my business. And it started to overwhelm me to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore. And I did think, I started thinking to myself like, is this even meant for me? Like, is this where I want to be? Because I never expected my passion being something that I really re- would wake up and hate doing. But as I started to delegate and not just delegate, but literally give it to them and let them do it, not micromanage them. I started to learn that not only did they do it how I asked them to do it, but they had their own sauce they threw on top of it. And I'm like, well, where you been all this time? Like I could have been got help or been hired somebody. So that's how I was able to keep it my passion by freeing up my time and like the main stuff, allowing somebody else that that's what their expertise is to do that part so I can focus back on what I love. I love that. I love, listen, you speaking to me. I sh- I'm struggling. That's my, I'm on that struggle bus of yeah. wanting to hold everything to myself, right? And knowing that it's not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us, though, like, how did you find the people that you actually hired to help? Because I feel like sometimes I know me personally, I find somebody, I finally think this the person, then I get disappointed and then it stops me from trying to look for somebody else. Yeah, for me, I started with my family and I'm still with my family. So it's just amazing because a lot of folks would tell me, oh, your family, you hired your family. Oh, they're going to they're going to do this and do that. But I mean, and I see some companies that hire your family, they do go sideways or go left. But. My mom, like, I owe it all to my mom. She raised all seven of her kids alone. She was a single parent, but she always kept us close-knit. Like, even to this day that we all stay, you know, we got our own household. We have a group chat that we all check in every day. Like, she just don't play. So we've always been a close family, never really had any bickering or falling out. Like, we just always been close with each other. So when I started my business, my initial thought, let me just be honest, I did hire an ex of mine. He's an ex right now. And I learned that I couldn't mix business and pleasure because 
he was my ex. He was my, I mean, he was my boyfriend at the time and we had a personal life. But then when business got involved, it affected like everything overall. Like he came in and he was doing a great job. But as the money continued to grow, he felt like, well, since I'm your boyfriend, I supposed to get a bigger piece of the pie. And I'm like, well, no, I'm going to pay you for what, you know, that anybody will pay you for it. This is the job you're not going to pay you for it. But the greed came in and I was like, okay, we're not doing this no more. So when I brought my family in, they didn't come in with their hand down like, oh, you're my sister or brother. So you got to give me, they came in and worked because they looked at it like, well, Cassandra's the first person in the family, not the only, but the first person in the family that became a multimillionaire. So anything I could come in and do to, to take the load off of her, I'm going to do it and knock it out. And I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So when I hired my first family members, my little sister, she came on as my assistant, knocking it out the park. That started going good. I hired my older sister because at the time she graduated from college. But you know how it is when you graduate from college with a degree, but it's still hard to find a job. But she got great administrative skills, customer service skills. So I brought her on. And then after her, I brought my other little brother on. <laughs> so it was just like, you know what? Who else want to get hired? I'm going to make this a family-owned business because I like what you said before about knowing your audience, basically. My audience is made up of mostly family members. Like everybody believe in family, family, family. And if I present that to them, like this is a family owned business, which I do, it actually gets me more sales because people say, well, man, I wish me and my brother can have a business together. I want to be like them or me and my sister. So they support us just because we're a family business. So me hiring my family was one of the best decisions I ever made. I recently just crossed them over to payroll. Nobody told me about payroll tax. But look, <laughs> I love it. You know, whatever we got to do, because, you know, with us all being together, I love it because I don't have to feel like they get no more on me or cannot trust this person because we've always been down like four flat tires all our lives. So I just feel comfortable coming in here knowing they not trying to get over on me or they coming in saying, I know she's this multimillionaire. I'm going to try to come up. So hiring my family was the best thing I ever did. Like I said, my business continuing to grow like right now. I'm working from home and my sisters and brothers are running both warehouses, packing, picking. I don't even have to go in the warehouse. So it's just a blessing. I love it here. I love it. <laughs> Listen, I love that. I love that. You know, it's so funny. You made me think of how they say back in the day, like people had a lot of kids, right? And they used to yeah. have them to like run farms and stuff like that. But I love how you were able to benefit, you know, in a modern day of, okay, yeah, we don't have a farm to run. Let's run this business, right? Yeah. You know, so that is awesome. Thank you. You know, now everybody, look, we don't have all the siblings and things to do that, right? <laughs> but what I did hear as what could be a gem for other people is who's in your network? Like, who have you come up with that you trust, that you know does good business? And can you pull that person in? One of my girlfriends, she is running a business that helped with like bookkeeping and stuff like that. And one of her previous coworkers that she watched over the years, you know, she remembered how good of a worker she was. And when her business started to pick up and she realized I can't do this by myself, she reached out to that previous coworker and she's came on board for her and is doing amazing things. I did it as well. I had a coworker, actually, he was my manager at the time that he hired me back in the days. Now, mind you, I never graduated high school. I never got my diploma. Still haven't went back and got my GED. I'm thinking about doing that eventually, though. But this company was a small-time company. That I came in, did an interview. He hired me. And then that was the job I was working at that I quit in 2019. So from 2017, 2019, I was working there. So in 2019, I quit. And then in 2021, I actually reached back out to him. He was still the manager, but he wasn't loving it. There. And I said, hey, how much is your job paying you? And he was like, you know, a little bit under 100K. So I was like, well, I want to hire you. And I'm going to pay you a full year salary up front. So he actually left his job. He quit putting his notice. He came to work for me. And it worked out for as long as it could. But, you know, it's just, you know, over time, you know, the business shift between us dissolved because of the friendship. So I'm just very skeptical about mixing, not just relationships and business, but friendships and business, because it literally like however your friendship started, when you add the business into it and you know, the finance is getting involved and, you know, the amount of time you got to spend at the business. Because that's a small business. It takes time for it to grow. So that time you were spending on the weekday with your family, you probably can't do that because you got to focus on the business. 
But if two people don't come to an agreement on that, it can cause a riffraff. So he did eventually ended up, you know, going elsewhere. But I actually did reach out to an old coworker. So that would definitely work. I would just say that both parties would have to be on the same page with the same end goal in mind. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Look, have those conversations. Conversations are important. And and put it in writing. It needs to be in writing. Listen. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) All right. So... I have a summit coming up, right? It's the second annual Winhurst United Virtual Summit. And our theme is Pivots Are Powerful. Mm. And this is something that I've gathered from myself personally in my own business journey, something that I've also heard directly from other women that I've had on the podcast, as well as from your own story, right? Like all these different times that you've pivoted. What's your advice for anyone out there that needs to pivot or you know, how you handled the pivot personally, just anything you have around pivoting? A pivoting can be good and bad. I would say bad because of the audience, your followers, your your customers, they don't like change. And so anytime I would change something, they only looking at it from the outside in, but they don't know it from the inside out. So for me, pivoting was great because like I said, I started out doing custom, but here's the problem I see a lot of folks do. They start a business, they work it for a couple of weeks and it's not working for me. It's not bringing in sales. I'm going to try another business. I'm going to try another way. But I have to tell my students right now, you can't keep starting and stopping. You got to work that thing. So if it don't work one way, go back to the drawing board and make it work another way. But you can't keep jumping from business to business until you can make that first one work. So that's how I was. When I started my first business, I made sure I made a couple, you know, thousands off of it. I didn't just say, oh, I didn't make no money. I'm going to go to the next. I learned how to work that because learning how to work that helped me work the next part. So even though I got like right now, I got like over nine streams of income within the same business. But people feel like nine streams means nine different businesses. You can have that one business and work it nine different ways. And that's exactly what I did. So I started out with customs that made me money. And I still do customs every now and then. But because of customs, people was asking, you know, well, how do you do it? I pivoted and started it second business, which is doing the online classes and doing the online classes. They was like, well, hey, how about hands-on classes? That's the third stream of income. Then from the hands-on classes, okay, I I know how to craft now. What's next? They ready to get legal. They ready to start their website. So instead of me piling everything on them in that one course, I created another course that's basically going from crafting to actually starting a real business. So we help them get their LLC, EIN, done, sales tax, and just all of the, you know, articles of organization you need to run a real business. We talk about bookkeeping. We talk about accounting. We're talking about building business credit. And then from that course, which is the second course, we got into our third course because people were saying, well, I like the business. I got it started up. But what if I want to also teach the craft? So we got this third program. So I'm pivoting every time somebody asks, what else can I do or how else can I do something instead of just piling all this information into one program because people don't digest information the same. So I broke it up into three programs, but our last program is showing them how to actually become a craft coach to show other people and share they gift with other crafters because I teach that that was how I was able to become who I am today. By me selling products, that was okay, but it wasn't until I shared my gift and said, I'm going to teach you how to do exactly what I'm doing because right now, if you ask somebody, can you show me how you doing that so I can make money too? They're going to be like, no, you're not going to take no food out of my mouth. They don't want to show you what they're doing. So by me sharing my gift, that is when the real money started rolling in. And then, you know, the program just grew over time. So that was like my one, two, that's the fourth stream of income. And then, like I said, as I'm teaching, they asking for the product. So I'm selling the paper, which is my fifth stream. I'm selling the ink now, which is fifth stream. Because every time I'm doing something, they want more of something else. So I'm coming up with my next idea. And then it's just more business. Ventures. So I didn't pivot to actually run away from what wasn't working. I pivoted because what was working, I wanted to add more value to that and start something else. So it's still within the same business, but now it just created me multiple streams. I love that. Lo- love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Right. 
Yeah, I think that that's a gem, right? And I'm so glad you said that. It's so funny. A lot of times when I see a person change a business, change a business, change, it makes me skeptical of that person, right? Like, I'm like, what? You <laughs> you got your 25th business in two years? <laughs> like, like, hold up, you know? So I love that advice. A word that I like is stick with itness, right? Like, don't give up before the miracle happens, as they say. Look, uh, your own quote, you got to work that thing, right? <laughs> like, I, I think that was good. And it's the truth, right? And yeah. I love how you it basically layered, continued to layer. And as I was listening to you say that, it made me think of solid foundation, right? Like, get your foundation in order before you start adding things. Because, yeah. you know, like, who's to say that you can you add too soon, that foundation may crack, right? Get that foundation solid, get your following solid. And then mm-hmm. add on after that, it made me think of one of the things that I love to say. And when I first heard it, it really helped me in my life, right? Because I'm one of those people that have big audacious goals, right? Like I have these huge, huge goals. And when I think of them, sometimes it could be overwhelming. And I'll never forget when I heard the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Like it really helped me to, to realize like, okay, yeah, I may have all these huge goals and they may seem impossible, but if I take one step at a time, if I handle one thing at a time, then I can attain what I set out to attain, right? But I can't do it all at once. And I love your abundance mindset, right? Because, you know, sharing, I like to say sharing is caring, sharing. right? And two, like we need to stop the lack mindset, right? Like giving away actually gives you more. It gives you yeah. more. And then you're creating such an amazing legacy. So I'm so glad that you chose to do that. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Now, let's talk mindset. So. I believe that the no new friends, right? How they say no new friends. No new I, think, friends. <laughs> I think that's a mindset that we need to change, right? Yeah. So talk to us about how surrounding yourself with new like-minded people has grown your business. Oh my God, it's crazy because I literally just got off a live telling my students this, like they got to get in a room around other like-minded people that think like them. And I was saying how you know, you could have been this hungry person, you eager, you starving, you getting up every morning, you handling your business, you setting your goals, you finishing them. But then when you start hanging around people that's relaxed or um, they're comfortable or a lot of folks say, well, I got a nine to five. So I don't, I get that a lot. Like I got a nine to five. I don't have to work as hard as you. Like people really believe that. And I'd be like, I had a nine to five and still went hard. Like I just don't understand because at any given time, if that company fires you, it's like, okay, what is your, what do you have in the bag? Like, what are you going to lean on? So I was telling them, like, you got to get around people that have a different mindset. They're just as hungry as you. If you waking up in the morning, I feel like my friends should be waking up in the morning. If I'm dropping new ideas, I feel like my friends should be dropping new ideas because a lot of folks come to the table to take a plate or to go plate and go. Like, no, come to the table and tell me what can you add? Because I know I'm going to add value. But you got to get around people that bring value to you versus taking away because when they take away and they gone, you're going to start feeling like you empty or what did I get out of this? So it's very important to get around like-minded people. By me getting around like-minded people, I was able to get to where I'm at today. Now, it's not easy to find like-minded people. So I tell people all the time, sometimes you got to build your own table. So many times we try to sit at tables with other people that don't want us there or it's too full. So I created my own table. I started my own Facebook group back in 2019 when I started Blanche Galore and I started building my own circle, my own team of like-minded people. And from that circle, that's when I started pulling people up to help me with different things. So if I couldn't find like-minded people, I wanted to be the change that I wanted to see. So I started being who I wanted to be around. And when they started coming around me, that's just who they was. Like, I don't know if that was who they was or if they kind of like, you know, took for me like, okay, I like being around her. I need to be just like her. So I have my own team of like-minded people because I couldn't find them. So I feel like it's very important though when it's time for you to grow, when it's time for you to scale, you got to be around people that think like you, move like you, want just as much as you do, so you can get to that next level. I love that. I love that. 
oh, you was talking to me with some of that stuff. You know, y'all come on this podcast and y'all be all in my business, all in my business, right? Because I'm just, you know, full transparency. I get complacent sometimes. Like I have a nine to five. I have a beautiful house. I go on vacations, you know, like my job has afforded me a lifestyle that I'm cool with, right? But on the same note, I also know that it's so much more in me, right? So I fight between, oh, I'm good. I don't got to do all that. You know, where it's like, Nicole, yes, you do, because you want it. It wouldn't be in your spirit if it wasn't supposed to be for you to have, right? So that was a word in itself. I love how you said, once you started looking for these people, they came around. So I wrote, match your fly, right? Like, that's what it sounded like to me. Right. And then, too, I believe it's that energy, because once you exude that energy, it's so funny. I, too, that's one of the things that why this podcast even exists is because I wanted to be the change that I wanted to see. Right. Mm -hmm. I got tired of being around women that were just backbiting, you know, with so much jealousy, so much hatred. And y'all friends like we friends, but it's so much backbiting and hate. Like it's not that's not the kind of friends that I want in my life. Right. And I had to realize that. And so I created this podcast to show that we could come together. We could celebrate each other. We could be in the same industry and still be high popping each other. Like it don't have to be the way the world may have made it in the past or the way you grew up or, you know, like all of that doesn't have to be a thing. Right. And I do believe that once you change your energy, your energy, it then changes the energy of the people that's attracted to you. Right. So I love that. All right. So speaking of change and you mentioned change before. Right. So let's dig into that a little deeper. So change can be difficult to do. Right. And to wrap our mind around. So talk to us about how you've trained your mind to accept and embrace change yourself and why you feel like this is important for entrepreneurs. When I think about that, I want to go back to when I quit my job and I became homeless. And that was a major change for me, not just for me, but for my son, because I was dragging him around everything I did. So that was a major change for me mentally, physically, financially. But I asked myself, like, okay, if God would have told me, Cassandra, I'm going to need you to go through this. Like, it's going to hurt. You're going to cry. People going to betray you. You're going to feel alone. But when you go through this, on the other side, this is what you're going to get. Like, if you would have told me that in advance, I probably would have been like, yes, but really no. Like, we don't really, and that's what I tell my students all the time. Like, they just want the glitz, they glam, but they don't want to go through the hard times. But I say, look, if you went through everything you're supposed to go through, no matter how hard it, how bad it feels or how much it hurts, but he said, after you go through this change, because it's a drastic change when you used to being comfortable, you used to being one way. But like I said, life can change in the blink of an eye. But when you go through that change, if he told you on the opposite end, this is everything that's going to be waiting for you. You will go through it. You might cry, but it's like, look, you're going to cry in the hundred. You're going to cry in the bed. I'm going to cry either way. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cry while I'm on the way to my destination. So like, I feel like change is necessary, but you know, it goes back to just being uncomfortable. Like there is no, you know, change in being comfortable. I love being uncomfortable because I know like there's a greater reward on the other side. Like there's a, a breakthrough coming. So anytime, like I still get uncomfortable to this day, but I know it's for a reason. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through it because I already know he done showed me one or two times already. When I go through this uncomfortableness and I get to the other end, it's a breakthrough waiting on me. So I feel like change is definitely necessary. Getting uncomfortable is very necessary. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. I did what being for anyone that used to watch being Mary Jane. Right. Like once I started to go into this new Nicole. Right. Because, you know, I feel every day is a new person. Right. But when I really said, you know, it's time for a new Nicole, I started doing what being Mary Jane did, which was had these sticky notes all over my bathroom. Right. Like I need these sticky notes to tell me what the thing going to be because I was stuck. Right. And one of the Notes said, get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And we hear that, you know, depending on if you surround yourself with people that are growing and doing a lot of things in business, that's what they say, right? And, and it's very important. And I agree with you. It's not fun. Like, it, it's not fun, right? Like, I'd rather be comfortable, but where is comfortable getting you? Nowhere. Right. So I like that. All, all right now. All right. <laughs> I want to see you at the second Winhurst United Virtual Summit being held June 6th 
through June 9th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And because I appreciate you for being a listener of Win Heard United, the podcast, I have a complimentary ticket just for you. Go over to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes for this episode. Season nine, episode nine, continue to evolve with Cassandra Smith to get your special link. You must use the link in the show notes to take advantage of this offer. I hope to see you there. Now, let's talk personal development. So talk to us about what book or books you've read that have helped with your personal or business development. I would say I got it right here. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Okay, okay, listen. <laughs> By T. Harv Ecker. Um, I just love this book because it just, it just shows you how mindset may go to that next level. And I be trying to tell, I tell my students all the time, in order to get to that next level, you got to have a different mindset. Like whatever you did to make $1,000, you can't have that mindset when you're ready to make $10,000. Same way is if you're trying to go from $10,000 to $100,000, each level is going to require a different mindset. If you don't adapt to that, if you feel like, well, I'm just going to stay who I am, you're not going to grow like that. So that was hard for me because I'm stubborn. I'm a Virgo. I don't know if you know about Virgos, but we just stuck in our ways like, oh, both. no, I don't want to get hurt do this. So. That was very hard for me to change my mindset because not only did I still have the same mindset as I had when I was making $1,000, I still try to hang around the same people that I was hanging around when I was making $1,000. And not, I realized that not only was it me, but it was the people I was hanging around with that was preventing me from going to that next level. And when I had to make some hard decisions and say, hey, I love you, but I got to go, you know, like no hard feelings, but I can't take you where I'm trying to go then that's when I seen that when I was leaving behind the old guy was bringing around the people that he knew was going to help me grow, that he knew was going to help me get to that next level or he knew who was going to help me with my mindset. Like I told you before, I, I have a therapist and I have a counselor that is very, it's a, it's a really nice, pretty penny, but it helps me with my mindset and just being able to talk to people that, you know, has been where I've been because in this industry, having your own business, it's hard to talk to somebody that has never been where you at or not even thinking about going where you're going, but you're trying to vent to them and then you're mad at them because they can't give you the right advice. Like, no, go seek some real help because you can't get mad at those folks they don't know what you're talking about. So I had to stop telling my problems to people that, you know, like I said, haven't even been where I'm going or where I've been. And when I did start talking to people, like I said, it, it definitely changed my mindset. It changed my life. Um, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I love that. I love that. Listen, look, you just had me add a new book for my book club. We got to read this. Yeah. Right. That was good. So you mentioned something that I think is very important in relation to personal development. And sometimes people tend to shy away from this. Right. Like you talked about how you have a counselor, you have a therapist. But then you said it's a pretty penny. Right. Like and I believe that we have to invest in our personal development, right? So let's just talk about that whole investing and being okay with spending money to get you to your next level. I do that in business, period. Like when I signed up for my first course program, I spent $3,000. And I'm like, why am I spending thousands of dollars to learn something I can just YouTube? Because we hear that all the time, right? Oh, that's on YouTube, that's on Google. I hear that all the time with right. these courses. People are like, don't buy her courses. You can just go to YouTube. It's a pyramid scam. Like, <laughs> but I be telling people, like, you got to look at it like this. Whenever you graduate high school, right? If you say, I want to be a doctor, you can't go Google how to be a doctor. You can't YouTube. So you're going to pay to go to college and you're going to pay that college fee. Even when you graduate, you still going to have fees that you have to pay until you pay them off. But as people, I'm not going to say black people, but as people in general, we talk down on our own combat, trying to make a living and share our knowledge and we just charge for it. But if you was to go to somebody else's school, you would easily pay them people. You would go in debt to be, you know, to pay them. And then when you graduate, you still don't even have a job with the degree you have. So it's like, if you can invest in that, and that's one of my pitches that I give people to go ahead and join my course. Because I'm like, 
if you can pay for that, you can pay for this and go ahead and learn a new skill set. So I don't mind investing. I preach investing. And me investing, I look at it like a, first of all, it's a write-off. So I don't even, I don't even think about the money when it comes to that. But anything that's going to better me, better my mindset, I'm going to pay for it because if I'm not okay, which is the head of the business, if my mindset ain't right, and think about it like this, a lot of entrepreneurs that grow so fast, we get thrown into the manager field or the CEO field. And I've never managed anybody. I've never dealt with multiple personalities. I've always worked for someone. But when you're thrown out there and you have to manage personalities and you have to not be so quick to fire people because of their you know, their emotional reaction. That takes a toll on us as CEOs that we've never been trying to be a CEO. So I had to seek help and figure out how do I deal with that without quickly firing somebody because they didn't do what I asked them to do. Or um, I even got to the point where I had to learn where if I hired them to do something and they don't do a good job as that, let me find out what they're good at and put them there because people flourish where they're good at. But if, I, if I'm pushing them or forcing them to pack orders, but they're really good at picking let me put them in a different area and still get my money worth. So like I said, that, that takes a lot of self-development and just, you know, talking to the one that that's their expertise is to help you figure that out. So yes, I invested in that. I still invest. I will continue to invest because every new level I get to, I know it's going to be another problem I might have to face and I'm going to need somebody to help me through this. I love it. I love it. And you were speaking to my heart, all the classes that I heard you talking about we're all stuff for leadership development. And I'm so yeah. glad. I am so glad you said that, right? I feel like that's something that as business owners or people in general, like we don't understand the importance of leadership development. When I first started this podcast, I also was, was attempting to start a leadership development company, but I didn't really do anything as far as the work. But like, I so understand the importance of leadership development. I really wish small business owners also understood the importance. Like these corporations, they pay so much money to develop their leaders because the leaders help the people, right? And it's so, so, so important. So I'm so glad that you dropped some gems as far as leadership development, y'all. It's important. How are we going to run these businesses? Yes. Let's talk self-care. So talk to us about the hobbies you have outside of business and why you feel like having a hobby is important for your self-care. My favorite hobby is skating. I love music. I love my hair in the wind. So I just feel like when I'm at the skating ring and I'm vibing, like whatever I'm going through outside of this, like it doesn't even matter in this moment. So that is my hobby. That is what I do. I'll always make sure I, I take some time to myself and I take some time to myself, get my nails did because working, you will have your nails looking crazy, your hair looking crazy. You don't know when the last time you went and got your teeth all clean. Like it's just important to take some time away from work and do you serve you like because this business is going to be here. But if you're not right, like I just said before, how is your business going to be right? So I made sure I take time out every two weeks. I get my nails and toes did. Um, I get my hair did. Um, Makeup, dude. I don't care if I'm not even going nowhere, but I got to do something for me to make me feel good. Like I said, I skate. I love going to spa. Me and my husband were just talking about every month doing a um, weekly vacation where we just get out, no work, just us, enjoy ourselves, whether it's at the beach, the casino, but just, you know, we making all this money. What's the point of making it? We're not treating ourselves. We continue to cheat ourselves. So, that is definitely one of my self-cares that we're going to be doing. We've already been doing, but we're just going to get back to it. Vacationing and, yeah, so skating, vacationing, and just, you know, nails, hair, just small things. I love that. I love that. You mentioned yeah. something that I actually did, what, last year. And when I did it, I put up a post about it, right? Because it is self-care, but it wasn't the sexy self-care, right? You talk about get your teeth cleaned, right? Like I took a, I took a picture. I was at the dentist, right? And I'm like, you know, self-care ain't always sexy, right? Like they had yes. that thing. It was a lot. And I'm like, oh, but it is self-care, right? Because you have to take care of yourself. So I'm so glad Dude. that you mentioned something that may not be a fun thing, right? Yeah. But ultimately it's also taking care of yourself. Yes. 
Right. So what's my what's my PSA? So my PSA is self-care could be sexy or it doesn't have to be sexy. Right. But at the end of the day, we got to do what we got to do to make sure that we are maintained and showing up as our best selves. Yeah. All right. So my question for you is, I guess, before business or when you first started out, like was self-care always a priority for you or is this something that you've learned over time? No, it was always a priority, but, you know, like anybody, when when business comes, like you just find yourself knee deep in it from sun up to sundown, especially as a new business, you find yourself wanting to grow, scale. So you spend so much time in your business and that got away from me. Like I would be going out to places my nails ain't did, my hair ain't combed, you know, just like, girl, is you all right? Like, is you okay? So. I had to tell myself, like, I'm going to force myself to put down my laptop, put down my phone on the weekends. I need to dedicate to me. What do Cassandra want to do? What do I love to do? And sometimes I don't even have to do it with nobody. I go on myself. What do Cassandra want to eat today? Go treat yourself out, Cassandra, because I like to talk to myself in third party. Girl, get up. <laughs> go, pitch, you know, go treat yourself out. Go grab your hookah. Grab your favorite drink. Go to that bar. Go do what you got to do, because you already know when Monday comes, you're going to be back on the laptop. So. It is definitely mandatory now. It was mandatory before I started my business, but now, like, I'm making it mandatory, even though it's art. But it's like, no, it got to be done. It got to be done. I love that. I love that. I remember when we talked previously, you said you have to treat your business like a job at times, right? Because if you don't, like you said, you could just get lost in it. And then what do they say? You can't pour from an empty cup, right? So we got to fill ourselves up. Yeah. Love it. As a bonus, let's talk celebrating wins. So tell us about your latest win and why it's important to you. I would say my latest win, it might be kind of like a pay win, but it's a win to me. So recently I had hired a marketing team. Now, I don't know how to run ads, none of that. I'm a firm believer in if I don't know how to do it, let me find somebody that's their expertise and I pay them to do it. And the marketing team been with me for like a year almost, but they started getting comfortable. Like, oh, I hate that. Like, I, I be want people to come to the company in the same energy you had in the beginning. You got to keep that same energy because if you're not, there is somebody waiting on the sideline to take your place. Just like a relationship. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I love them to death. And they just started slacking. Although I hit 1.3 million for the first quarter, I had somebody else come in and look at the data, the, the back end, and they said it could have been a $2 million month for you if your marketing team wouldn't have did this, this, that, and that. So I had them come in and evaluate my company, and I recently just hired them on to replace my current marketing team. And it's a win for me because during the month that they've been on my team, they have done more for me than my marketing team has done in the past couple of months. So that was a win for me. It was a pretty penny. Because marketing is already a pretty penny because, you you know, the company is helping you reach, you know, thousands of more people than you already got. So it was a nice penny. I thought about it. I talked to my accountant. They was like, hey, you can go ahead and do it. So I hired that team and they have been knocking it out the park because my main problem um, in my business was, and this is for all business owners, I have built my business around me. So basically, if I didn't move, my business didn't move. Or if I didn't go live and talk, I wouldn't make a sale. So when I brought my marketing team on, the money was still good, but I found myself still having to put forth 100% effort and it was draining me. It was tiring me out. So I brought in another marketing team just to say, hey, can you see if there's a way I can still hit these numbers, but I don't have to be the person that has to be at the front of my business all the time. So when they came in, they showed me what they can do in only 30 days. So I feel so good now because if I wake up today and say, hey, I want to go take a two-month vacation, I know for a fact that I'm still going to hit my six-figure months without even having to put so much into this business. So that is a win for me. I know it's a win for the new marketing company. Uh, I still love my old marketing company, but, you know, I'm just on to bigger and better things right now. So never get, if you don't learn nothing from this, never get comfortable. Don't let nobody else get comfortable in your business. This is your baby. Make sure other people are treating it like it. Listen, listen, that was good. Congratulations. I love Thank that. You. I love that. Look, and you speak into my heart again, right? Because I like crafts, but I also love data analysis. So I love that you mm. brought somebody in 
to check out that data because data definitely tells a picture and it can tell you what's working well and what needs to be improved, right? So dig into that data, people. Dig into that data. So tell us, what does being a winner mean to you? Oh, so when I see the name, I definitely felt like it was for women. And I felt like, like what came to my mind was that we can all do the same thing and be around each other and still hit our goals, still help each other grow. Because in this industry, it's so many women are, I would say the world that try to pin us against each other. Like, you know, when women should be coming together and helping each other, build each other up, like the world wants us to tear each other apart or be in competition or, hey, you can't do what I'm doing. I'm the first person that doing this. Like, I hate that. So when I seen the name of your podcast, I was like, yo, I need to be on that because it just made me feel like collaboration over competition. Like we are all one. Like you said before, we can all do the same thing and still win. So that's what win her means to me. It's like a group of women or women just coming together, collaborating and just helping each other grow. So I love that name. I love this podcast. I can't wait to come back on if you invite me. But yeah, you're doing a great job. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Look, I, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't ready. I, I, I receive. I receive. Thank yes. you so much. You're welcome. All right. So everybody knows. Y'all know I love to talk, right? I, I kidnap you. If you let me kidnap you, I keep you all day, you know, and just continue to learn more and more and just conversate, right? But I have to be mindful and respectful, right? So I'm going to let you go soon. Before I, do, <laughs> before I do that, tell us any parting words or advice you have for us and then follow that up with where people can find you, connect with you, join your Facebook group, all that good stuff. Awesome. If I had to leave y'all with anything, I would say don't give up. Follow your dreams, no matter who don't believe in you, no matter if you're the only person that believes in you, do not give up and follow your dreams. And I tell you all the time, even if you got to go alone, go, just do it. Because you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start. You got to at least start to be great. You got to at least start. It don't have to be perfect. Just start it and tweak it as you go. Uh, if you need to locate me, find me, follow me, definitely follow me on Instagram, Blank Floor Academy, YouTube, Blank Floor Academy, Facebook, everything Blank Floor Academy. That is where you can find me, reach me. And thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. You are so welcome. I appreciate you coming. And thanks for just, you know, opening up and sharing with us. It was awesome. Thank you. You are so welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Cassandra. And I hope you did as well. My takeaway for today is to think of the different streams of income I can build into my business. I love how Cassandra took the time to tell us how she has continued to evolve her business and I plan to do the same with mine. What's your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is winhersunited at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. You know, one of my mottos is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode to read Cassandra's full bio, get the Cash App handle for Winhurst United, get the direct link to my Buy Me A Coffee page, get your complimentary ticket to the Winhurst United Virtual Summit, and more. This is the last episode in season nine, so I'm going to be taking a much needed break. During this time, you're welcome to binge listen to some of our previous episodes. There's tons of content and most importantly, wisdom for you to gain. So please take advantage. We'll be back in two months with season 10 of When Hers United, the podcast. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on. <laughs>